Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always is Intercontinental Explorer, John Opat. hey What up, What's dude? What's up? Is that uh, because of the London trip? And you've been to Australia. And I have been to Australia, that's right. Wow, yeah, I've kind of forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, you're a you're a seasoned world traveler. I am, yeah, I'm very seasoned. Have you ever been out of the country or, or out of the continent? Uh, no, not out of the continent. I've been to Mexico. I've been Sorry. like on cruises, just clapping, just getting hyped. <laughs> uh, my wife has been to Korea. That was kind of weird because you. Ew. Overall, I am more of a traveler than her, but I stick to the Americas. And then just one spring break, she randomly went to South Korea. Nice. Was it fun? It was. It was like part of a, a school. It was in college. It was like a her social work major. They did some trip. I don't know. I don't know well, what it was. Good for them. Good she for kept them. telling people she was going to North Korea because she got the two mixed up. And we were like, no, you're absolutely <laughs> not going there. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Zach, what you coming in hot with? Anything? Oh my god, John. So I've got some news. Probably should be done at the beginning because it affects the pod. Um, so it's good news. I got a new job. I took a position this week um, that is going to be really good for me. Everybody do some snaps for Zach. You got a new job. Woo. Yeah. So um, And that means he gets to quit, which is everyone's favorite part of the job. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about how I want to do it. I'm definitely going to cause a big scene, but I don't yeah, know like that sounds how like you. how yeah. big to go. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely jump on the tables, kick laptops and phones over. You know? I was thinking about starting a fire. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's really good for the pod because this new job, I get Fridays off and I work from home two days a week, so frees up a lot of time frees up a lot of commuting um i'll be able to to edit while i'm like home alone and now zach not lose a day of my weekend basically if i if i remember correctly the job you have now you always get the episodes edited and up on time so this isn't really good for the pod the listeners don't really care you know they're still gonna get their content on time well I'm mentioning this to explain why it does affect the pod. So I I looked forward to being able to edit, to record a week early and then edit and release an episode instead of recording and editing either the same day or the very next day. So I'm going to walk through the schedule that we've got coming up. You're going to get this episode. You're going to get the next episode the same way you normally would. And then we are going to take a two-week break from releasing anything. And in that time, John because, and I... Because Zach says that there's, there's, a very, there's a very logical like pausing point in the, in the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline, right? Yep. And that pausing point happens to coincide with you starting this new job and us doing something else that you're about to say. Yes. Thank you, John, for teeing me up. So uh, the week of 
March 10th and the week of March 17th, there will be no new episodes in your feed. For the first time, I might add, since we started this podcast, New Year's we Day deserve it. of 2023. This is our first break we're taking. Okay? But in that time, we're not just going to be sitting on our asses. We are going to be on the ground at Lexington Comic and Toy Convention <laughs> on Saturday, March 9th. If you guys are there, say what up. Oh, that'd be fun. I didn't um, even think about that. Maybe maybe we will see, see a webheader two out in the wild. We're definitely going to be like handing out some stickers, some DIY stickers about our pod and stuff. You know, whenever we strike up conversation with anyone, uh, are we, we got, we got to we... figure out what we're wearing, John. <clears throat> so, Shyla had a recommendation for you. She thinks you could be, if you don't want to be Nick Fury, you should. I be... don't. I don't want to be white David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. <laughs> okay, please be Linguini from Ratatouille. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Yeah, I've. I've... <clears throat> you know, everyone's so. F- funny <laughs> thinking <laughs> I look like the guy from Ratatouille. How original, Shyla. Have you heard that before? Only from every single person who's ever looked at me. <laughs> That's what I was for Halloween one year. For real? <laughs> yeah, dude. I have I have a hat that has a light up mouse in the top. Oh my god, that's so perfect. You have to do it. <laughs> Okay. If you do that, I will be Hot Rod. Yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. That's a good one. <laughs> I can do that. And I feel that... like Hot Rod and Linguini actually would be friends somehow. If if you've never seen a picture of me, loyal listeners. It's going on the Instagram. I, I, I do look. I do have some very Pixar features, I would say. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, man. Actually, at the... um. Gosh, this was before your time at, at the old D to D sales job. Um, but you know, one of one of the one of the girls in the office would brought in her like teeny little puppy one day, teeny like newborn, and I was holding it, and then someone like sent a picture. All in, it's all it's always in good fun. I hope I hope I'm never getting bullied. <laughs> But somebody somebody sent a picture like in the group me of like a split screen of Linguini like holding up the mouse and me <laughs> holding up the puppy. And I promise it is pretty funny. It is a pretty funny picture. I, I've like never been able to find it again, but it but it was very funny. Another 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 one who I look like, especially around Christmas time is Arthur Christmas. If anyone's ever seen Arthur Christmas, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a common one. Also, I can't, I can't picture Arthur Christmas, but I'll look it up after this. Yeah. Okay. So Shyla's just so funny. Wow. (laughs) She's going to be so overjoyed to know that you are doing it. Um, Okay, so I'm, I'm now I'm way more excited for Lexington Comic Con. So you're going to be Linguini. I'm going to be Hot Rod. Come say what up to us. And then you guys are getting two weeks without us. And then we're going to come back on the 24th and look at Hickman's new relaunch of Ultimate Spider-Man. Probably issues one and two at that point. 
And then after that, we'll pick back up in our coverage with the beginning of the Clone Saga. Okay. Nice. That sounds good. Yep. So big things and, and in I'm the sure works. We'll, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about Comic Con, right? I've oh, never sure. been to a Comic Con. Neither have I. But Zach is... said Catherine Tate is going to be there, who's Donna Noble. She's also on The Office. Nelly I found Bertram that out from The Office. I um, learned that when I saw that she so was that listed. one. That one we will absolutely have to make sure whenever she's talking, we we go to if we're there on whatever day she's there. She's she's supposed to be there. She's not the only person there that I noticed. Like there was just better guests overall than at um, Indie Comic Con. Indie Comic Con got Hayden Christensen, but other than that, it was kind of a dud. But uh, Lexington's got one of my favorite. That would be that. That would also be so crowded. Yeah, I feel like the Catherine Tate one will not be the most hopping thing that's like going on. Maybe maybe it'll be pretty popular popular because. She just came back, but certainly, I mean, I've never, like I said, I've never been, so I don't know what to expect at any of these, how like popular they are. And, you know, neither do I, I'm excited to, you know, experience it for the first time. Um, Justin Mason, one of my favorite Marvel comics artists is going to be there. Uh, Steven Amell from, um, oh, Green yeah, Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. He's going to be there. I want to ask him how hard it is to actually do those. Have you ever seen that show? Shiloh watched it. I, I would walk by sometimes. He does these pull-ups where there's like a bar and he hooks it off and he hooks it onto the next bar. Oh, and yeah. And he hooks it onto the next one. And when I watch him do that, I'm like, that doesn't look that hard. It's not. I could probably do that. <laughs> you know, I'm not a muscular guy, but I used to be into rock climbing and you can do that at like rock climbing gyms. And it's... It depends on how much you do it, you know? Doing it the first two or three times isn't a lot, but then it's just muscle endurance after yeah. that. Yeah. Well, now I don't have to ask Stephen Amell how hard it is. Zach told me it's not that hard. <laughs> uh, three of the ladies from Charmed are going to be there. Um, Charisma Carpenter from Buffy is going to be there. Catherine Tate's obviously going to be there. So I think it'll be a good time. Very fun. Yes. And although this... This would be a perfect time to segue to the Better Business Bureau, who's fronting us for this trip. Are we yes. driving, Zach, or flying? We're driving. Okay, so so they're fronting it, but they're you know we're not hot shots yet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the Better Business Bureau jet, yeah, <laughs> taking us. Yes, uh, thank you so much for for them not only now sponsoring the pod, but sponsoring you know this opportunity for us to to go on the ground and and meet some people. Yep, yeah, that'll be really fun. That'll be really fun. Okay. Yep. Well, I do have something else, so we can't throw it over to them yet. John's coming in hot with something. I, I am coming in hot with something because I know we're a big sports podcast. And did did you even – I think we talked about how the NBA All-Star Game was in the Indy this past week. but It was. Did you get a chance to, like, watch it at all? No. It's good. It is such a waste of time. I, I'm i just annoyed at it, Zach, because no one's going to care about this. Cut, cut all my b***ing about this out. <clears throat> okay, now let's give it over to the Better Business Bureau and get into these Morbius issues. It's Morbin time. <laughs> Every business says they're better. 
but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. We're back and getting into issues 95 and 96, Morbius. So issue 95 is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by John Dell and Jimmy Palmiotti, colored by Richard Isinov, and lettered by Corey Petit. And we open on a retelling of a scene that we first witnessed way back in Ultimate Spider-Man Super Special. And the narration tells us this happened months ago. So Spider-Man is patrolling the city at night, and he sees one shrouded figure chasing another, shooting two handguns at the person fleeing. Peter swings down and kicks the gunman and webs his gun to the ground. And he starts quipping, and the gunman calls Peter an idiot. And I said, we the readers recognize the gunman as Blade, the Marvel Universe's vampire who hunts other vampires. And Peter webs Blade to the nearest wall and goes to check on the person Blade had been chasing. And was Peter, this, this was after the Wesley Snipes movie. I would, Yeah, definitely it was. Yep. Okay. He, he looks a lot like Wesley Snipes in this. And uh, Peter goes to check on the guy that Blade had been chasing and ask if he's all right. And the would-be victim steps out of the shadows. And, of course, we see he's a vampire. And the vampire lunges at Peter and is about to bite him until Blade stabs through his chest with a sword and kills him. And Blade picks Peter up by the neck and says, Kid, my name is Blade. You ever touch me again? You ever look at me again, and I will eat your heart for breakfast. And Blade then runs away into the night, leaving a confused Peter to catch his breath. Okay, so Blade is a vampire? Yep. Like a full-on vampire? Yep. Okay. And, and he then hunts vampires. And is Morbius the same thing? Like a vampire who just hunts vampires? Morbius is confusing. He's not a full vampire. He's like a person who got infected with vampire blood in an indirect way. So it, he wasn't bitten. Oh, baby Billy just jumped on me, dug his claws into me. <laughs> Don't you love that? Um. Okay. Well, later on, he says his dad is Drake Drakel. Yeah, instead of Dracula, but yeah, but but he means Dracula. So is is that is that his story in this one, or was he being like all of their dads are Dracula because they're vampire, you know, or or it's, was his dad actually? dracula it's hard to tell because this is the ultimate universe his in the main marvel universe 616 his father is not literally dracula okay but here you know they might have changed anything they wanted about his backstory it's kind of unclear okay now is his 
Is his father, sorry, trying to look up Jared Leto's dad's name really quickly. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Leto. Yeah, it's his father, Mr. Leto. <laughs> um, so we cut to the present day where Peter is on the phone with his girlfriend, Kitty Pride of the X-Men. And they're talking about how they're the latest hot item. And Kitty's in her room and Peter is at his cubicle in the Daily Bugle office. And they say apparently 3 million people have already downloaded the Krakoa Island footage. And Entertainment Weekly named Spider-Man and Kitty Pride the It Couple. And Kitty says, and yet I'm grounded. And Peter's like, how can you be grounded? And she says, Professor X wants all the X-Men to lay low at the school until the Krakoa stuff dies down. And the two of them both realize that this also means that she now can't come out as Peter Parker's girlfriend without uh, exposing I, I him already, as Spider-Man. I already know why these two are going to break up. It's going to be because they just can't date each other. Yeah, and she... Well, that wasn't me saying, yeah, you're right. I'm just acknowledging you. Yeah. Um, And so she kind of jokes. She's like, well, you know, you can just tell people you're Spider-Man and that I can be dating Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But we know that's not really an option he's going to consider. And Peter asks Kitty if they're okay. And this surprises Kitty. And she does that thing that she keeps doing where she's like, gets in her head and is like, oh no, I messed up. I'm going to lose him. And she says, she worries that he's breaking up with her. And he says, no, he's not. And then Kitty's like, it was pretty cool how you saved me on Krakoa. And which I don't think he really did i think she saved him but i think she just means coming but to he came and he like came in the jet which he also really. didn't but know he, he was like, doing I, yeah exactly she's giving him too much credit he was Def just definitely a victim of the circumstances yeah we also um missed an opportunity to just talk about how peter like jumped in to save the day and like messed up and attacked the wrong guy in the opening scene which he does a lot. Oh, yeah. That's like his whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and J. Jonah Jameson walks by Peter's desk yelling to Ben Urich about vampires. And Peter tells Kitty he has to go because this sounds interesting. And Jameson is mocking Urich saying, how does my award winning journalist hand me a story about vampires? And Urich says he's just reporting the facts he was given. And he says, there's mutants, Spider-Man, Captain America was frozen in a block of ice for decades, Tony Stark is a human tank, but vampires is too much for you? And Jonah says, I'm not printing this, and walks away. And Peter asks Ben if he really saw a vampire, and Yurik tells him, no, he interviewed someone who claimed they were bit by a vampire. And Peter asks if he can read the story, and Ben hands it to him and is like, sure, I'm not publishing it now anyways and this was kind of cool we get a noir style black and white scene with Yurik's article narrating and basically there was a woman named Jennifer Grunwald and I looked this up she's actually named after an editor at Marvel oh nice nice Easter egg Zach yeah whenever we're given like a full name I always wonder why and uh, she worked at the New York Public Library, and she was approached by a man in the library who hypnotized her into coming outside with him. 
and he bit her neck in the alley, and she doesn't remember what happened after that. And like any good vampire literature, it's very, um, it's framed very seductively. Like she clearly is being seduced by this man. She thinks that he's going to like kiss her neck, and then at the last second, we see that it's, it's fangs. That's kind of like a hallmark of the vampire genre. Did you ever see the show Moon Knight? Moon? No, that was the that was the show that that's the Marvel show. That's not the one I'm trying to talk about right now. <laughs> There's a different Night of the Moon. No, it might be Moonlight. Was that it? It was like from back in the day TV show. Yes, that's it. It was. Um, it's back from 2007. There was only one season. Uh, but it was a pretty good one, you know, and it, it was about like vampires and whatnot. No, I missed that. Stars Alex O'Loughlin as Mick St. John, vampire and detective or something, maybe a reporter. I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like all the jobs someone would have in a show like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and Miss Grunewald woke up in her own bed that night and her- her boyfriend or someone who lives with her, we don't really know what the deal is, called Ben Yurick, who came there and took her story. And the next day, Peter is walking next to the high school and spots Mary Jane on a bench. And he says, hey, MJ. And she gives him a look. And he jokes and goes, uh, hey, MJ, sir. And she says, not today, Peter. And he asks her what's wrong. And she just sadly holds up a copy of People Magazine with a picture of Spider-Man and Kitty Pride with a caption, Mutant Love on Krakoa. Spidey getting it on. And Mary Jane says, you break up with me because no one is safe in your life. But then two weeks later, you're dating someone else. And she's got a point. Well, so does he. Peter explains that Kitty can defend herself with her mutant powers. He says she can phase through things, which means she can't get hurt. And MJ says, well, then she's perfect for you. Do you love her? And Peter says, no. He says, not yet. It's only been two weeks. Right? That's or that's true. But That's what MJ just said. But I'm pretty sure these two were saying they loved each other like way too fast also you know they're they're teenagers they think they love each other (laughs) yeah but he says no not yet and mary jane says but you're working on it i can't believe this and peter tells her kitty called him and asked him out and they actually have a lot in common and then i said he basically blames the crooked media trying to smear him by pushing the whole krakoa thing and mary jane asks if he knew kitty while they were dating And Peter says, yes, but, and MJ interrupts him and says, and I'm supposed to what? Just deal with it? Be your friend? And Peter says, I'm hoping so. You're my best friend. And Mary Jane says, you're not mine. And she starts to get up and walk away as Peter suggests maybe she find someone. And she snaps and asks if he's really ready to see her all over some guy and if that will make him happy. And she goes, You're not my best friend. I'm mad at you, and I don't want to talk to you. And he says, well, you're my best friend, and you always will be. And she says, great, yay for me, as she walks away. 
And he just kind of mutters to himself, oh, and by the way, vampires are real. What do you think? I think this conversation was the only thing they really had planned for these issues. I think this was the story they wanted to tell, and it ended up being the B story, the B plot instead of the A plot. Huh, okay. But I I also think she she should have already known he was dating Kitty because she has seen them together, and she's called him on the phone and heard Kitty in the background. Yeah, that's true. What do you think? Um, I mean, you know, I think uh, poor MJ. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, 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 that's a tough one. I think it's pretty funny when he's like, well, you'll always be my friend. And she's like, that's awesome. I'm really <laughs> glad. Thanks. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> stupid that he kept saying that. I feel like he was just saying that at that point to piss her off more. Because clearly, I feel it's like not... he, I feel like he was being a huge dork. <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't. It was clearly it's not landing. It's not what she wants to or needs to hear in that moment. No, and it's also like totally disingenuine because like two issues ago, wasn't he like not talking to her and she was like come on, can't we still be friends? And he's, like, ignoring her. And now that he's, like, got himself a new girlfriend, he's like, you'll always be my friend, MJ. I just want, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're still my best friend. And it's like, okay, dude, clearly you are only saying that because you're dating someone and she's not. If that was not the exact situation, you wouldn't be talking like this. You know what? You're absolutely right. This guy is toxic as hell. Yes, yes, well said. Yeah. Cancelled! Spider-Man is a menace! (laughs) Um, So we change scenes to Ben Yurick knocking on a door in a sketchy dark hallway. And he's following up with Jennifer about the story. And she opens the door and looks very scary, but also sexy (laughs) because she's wearing black lingerie. I was gonna... That was literally my question I was gonna ask you was, okay, Zach, is she more scary or sexy? What's your... You are single reporter Ben Urich, who I don't think is single, but in this situation, he is. And you are. You're single reporter Ben Urich. This woman answers the door like this. What's your instinct? (sighs) Is it flight or freak? (laughs) i am so torn i think it would have to it would depend on the mood definitely you know have you heard the saying if you're not in a state of post clarity you're in a state of pre delusion (laughs) i think i've heard something i'm sure i've I've heard yeah a little bit (laughs) if you show up there in a state of post clarity she is scary you're probably running (laughs) yeah i don't know i i mean it's clear that she's like not human it's, in this it's scene. The, it's the eyes that give it away. She's got red eyes. That, no, no, she doesn't. She's got oh, like that later? piercing blue, like big eyes, but they still just don't look uh like human, kind of. There's something going on with them. Here's the thing. I think she's simultaneously, like very clearly not human, but also I think men 
are, are stupid asses? enough. Yeah, you know, sailors used to throw themselves from their ships to the siren song. <laughs> they knew what they were doing, you know. That's true. Ben yeah. Urich might be like, she's about to kill me, but it's worth it. But but she might not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've said there's two types of ladies. She's the evil, sexy lady in yep. this issue. Yeah. Um. So he's like, where where am I in my notes? He's like, wow. And um, she just pulls him into the room and starts kissing him. And so Ben Urich didn't. He he lost. Oh, he, he wasn't. Folded. He wasn't thinking with his brain. Yeah. Um. And he's kissing her back for sure. And she says, "Please, I'm so hungry." And a voice off panel says, "Then eat." This is where Jennifer's eyes become red and fangs pop out of her mouth as she bites into Ben Urich's neck. And the next day at the Bugle, Peter overhears police questioning people about Ben. And he asks Betty Brant what sh- what's been going on. And she says, Yurik has been missing for a day. And she says, $10 says Wilson Fisk tossed him into the river. That is a, that is a, that is a joke in bad taste. That is when the your co-worker has been missing for a full day. And that it, could very reasonably happen. <laughs> yes uh it it reminds me of the offhand line in hot rod when the paramedics are walking out of his house and they're like i give the old man a week yeah. <laughs> and the other one says something like really insensitive greg <laughs> um but I, I thought that was like the funniest line in this whole issue and uh peter looks at his vampire story in horror and we next see Spider-Man swinging through the city at night. And Peter's blaming himself, thinking about how he should have told Yurik that he's seen a vampire before. Only to realize that would also require admitting that he's Spider-Man. And he arrives at Miss Grunewald's apartment in Brooklyn, just in time to see a werewolf and bats burst through the window and go into another building. And Peter follows them and finds Miss Grunewald holding Yurik by his hair, yelling, He's mine! And Peter kicks her and then gets his shit rocked by the werewolf, who says, You interfere! And I think I got this wrong. Peter kicks it, and I thought the werewolf turned into Morbius, but I think it doesn't. I think Morbius is also just there and says, You cannot win this fight. Okay, here's how I here's how I saw this. Yeah, we get a big we get a big picture of Morbius and, and Spider-Man. Um I think the werewolf, the woman, and Morbius were already in there fighting. That's why I guess well, because I don't think that the woman is being like, he's mine. I don't think she's saying that to the werewolf. I think she's saying that to Morbius. And right. her and the werewolf are fighting together against him when Spider-Man shows up. Yes. But the art is not that clear in this issue. The, these are things that no, you are not. more easily Because there's also a big dog running around that you're supposed to be like, Oh, I guess that's the vampire from earlier or something. I think it's a werewolf. Or maybe it's a dog creature. 
It's a so werewolf. unclear. Yeah. Oh, so it's not even a vampire. But he's he goes from he turns into bats and then he turns into the the dog. I think and the then he bats turns into a person. Yeah, it looks like it's all one person, but I think now the bats are Morbius. It's it's so confusing. Oh, the bats are like kicking the dog's ass. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I can, this was I can not see the... that. I can see that now that now that it's been explained to me. We love our king Mark Bagley. This was not a great showing for him. There was maybe some confusion in the the script and then what came out. I Okay. I mean I don't think so. I'm okay with it all. Yeah? Yeah, I I don't I'm okay with it. Okay. You know, I could I could tell what was happening here. I I did think that it that the dog I didn't ever think that the dog was a werewolf. That never crossed my mind. I thought it was just some like vampire monster. I thought they could just like shapeshift kind of. So they were bats, they were dogs. Sometimes they like get a bunch of smoke around them and turn into like ghostly vampire creatures. I just thought that this was all like they're vampires. They can just do do whatever they, you know. Okay, well, if it makes sense to you, then it's probably a good thing that I'm passing the baton to you and you're you're handling the next issue. And and now that you have explained that this is like Morbius is like the bats, I actually kind of like it because there's this group of bats that are like kicking this werewolf's ass and the dog's like running away from them, you know? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun stuff. Yep. So I gave this one a six and a wait, half. Wait, is that over? We're not done, are we? Oh, wait, yeah. Morbius says you cannot win this fight. Oh, yeah. All right. So I gave this a six and a half out of ten people that Wilson Fisk has thrown into the river. Okay. Um. I thought you were going to give it lower. I thought, I thought that I was going to uh, – I thought I was going to like – really come out ahead of you on on this but i think a seven is a fair showing from this i i might even i might even give this a seven and a half you know i thought this was pretty good i liked uh blade at the beginning you know i'm so much more generous than me mj's line where she's like good for me that's great i'm your friend uh that made me chuckle when i read it that is funny, and I it made me realize I do miss seeing MJ. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. Peter think should she... just have two girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. This is the part <laughs> in uh, in if this were like Drake and Josh or Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, this would be the part where he puts his arm around both of them and is like, "Ladies, ladies, there's enough of me to go around for everyone." Well, if this was Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. They could be two Peters. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the... I mean, we're about to go into the clone saga. Maybe that's what happens. Yeah. Drake and Josh could reasonably both date a girl also. So you happen to name two shows where they might each both end up with a girlfriend. (laughs) Damn, you're right. Maybe I did that subconsciously. Maybe one of Peter's clones gets, you know, lucky enough to have Kitty and one of Peter gets lucky enough to have MJ. I would love that. Um, so, so it had some good moments and, you know, I like this Morbius right away. Just seeing Morbius, I was like, oh, I like this better than Jared Leto's Morbius. 
like this is this is doing which it you, for me again, way more watch. than which I didn't watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really didn't have any negative things to say about this one. So I I mean I I think you could even give it an eight without being totally unreasonable. Like you know we liked Ben Urich's little little crime noir thing that he wrote. That was good. That was a good scene. Yep. It so, fit the mood. Uh, and we had a sexy lady. Did you I mean, notice? This is checking boxes. Did you notice the description on, on Marvel Unlimited, which I'm guessing is probably just taken from the solicits that were sent out at the time when it was published? No, it says really. Morbius Part 1 of 5. The countdown to issue 100 begins. So I think this was intended to be a much longer story than what we got. Do we not get a five-part series? No, dude. It's a two-part. Oh, my gosh. So this must have not been well-received, you would think. Or they just decided to get into Clone Saga sooner. I don't really know. That's interesting. All right. Are we uh, – so I'm going to go seven and a half. I'm not – I can't go all the way up to an eight. It just didn't – Okay. Uh, just didn't have like that – the – it didn't have anything particularly great either to, to go up all the way to eight, but I'll give it a 7.5. Okay. And you know what? I can see Wilson Fisk dumping seven and a half bodies into the river because <laughs> somewhere there's a half a body out there to send a message to other people who would yeah, cross him. That is true. <clears throat> okay. So issue 96, this is a kind of goofy looking cover. Um, you know, Morbius is like has his full mouth open. It's just like very close up on him, and Peter is like just lying in his mouth like it's a sleeping bag. Or he doesn't look. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. You just did. It. It almost like, looks like Peter is his tongue. Yes, it does. Yeah. And um, this is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by John Dell, colored by Justin Ponzer, and lettered by VC's Corey Petit. And Ben Urich is lying on the ground on the first page. He's got his eyes open. We just have kind of like a half-body shot of him. Blood is spilling from his neck. And he's thinking to himself, my name, I can't remember my name. My name is Ben Urich, and I'm a writer. I work at a newspaper. I'm so hungry. Why am I so hungry? I'm a reporter. I was working on a story about a woman. Oh, my God. I was bit by a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> oh, my God. My family. Someone help me. Why can't I move? Why do I want her so much? She killed me. She's ruined me. She's feeding off of me. Is that Spider-Man? Why? Spider-Man. Vampires. Someone, please. I'm so hungry. Okay, enough from that guy. <laughs> you didn't like this? I, I kind of like this little... I thought this was a good opening here. Nice little nice little uh, show into Ben Urich's psyche. So then, uh, that's the first page. Then we see Morbius Spider-Man and the woman and the wolf are all in a Mexican standoff. Morbius tells them to stand down, but the wolf and the woman refuse. And Spider-Man says, okay, the wolf is talking. I'm officially creeped out now before beginning to throw some webs at everyone. The pair of Morbius and Spidey begin to fight against the woman and the wolf. Uh, 
And after a couple of punches get thrown, Morbius grabs Spider-Man by the throat and yells at him to leave. I think he says, like, didn't I tell you to get out of here? And just chucks him through the wall. And that's when I kind of mentioned that these guys, like, transform. And that's when the, the werewolf transforms into, like, some vampire creature and says, Morbius... Morbius, I don't care who your father is. I'm going to kill you with my bare hands and feed you to my friends. How funny would it be if he turned into a bear as he emphasized <laughs> bare hands? <laughs> he should have had bare hands. <laughs> um, so that's why I don't think th- this is a werewolf because this is definitely a vampire creature. He's something all right. Yeah. Would have been but nice to have um maybe three more issues after this to explain what the hell's going on. I I could have I could have done with an issue on the lore of all of this. I usually like these types of stories that give us some good like you know good 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 vampire lore. I don't know if you ever watched the the originals or uh Shyla did the vampire diaries, but some of those issues were pretty good. She loves all those. Yeah. I'm getting into Buffy, which was like the, you know, the OG of that genre. Yeah. So Morbius is just not intimidated at all by all of this stuff. He just says, well, I'm right here big time. And the woman is just screaming about her food in the background. She, she does not know what she's like in the middle of. It seems she's like, she just wants to eat. There's clearly something bigger going on. So Morbius grabs the woman and calls her by her name, which is Minnie. And he tells her that he would have given his life to save her. No, she says, mine. (laughs) Wow, dude. I thought I thought he said, Minnie, I'm sorry I didn't save you. Her name is (laughs) Jennifer. You're right. right. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, that kind of actually, that that paints us in a completely different light because I thought that Morbius and this woman maybe had like some sort of a past because he's like, I would have given anything to save you. I would have gladly given my life for yours. I'm sorry I didn't save you from this fate. And then he stabs her in the heart, exploding her. But but I guess he didn't know her. He's just killing a random woman. <laughs> I love the explosion after the stab in the heart. That's a good good touch. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that that happens. It'd be um, so anticlimactic if you killed a vampire and then you just had a body. It's just there. Yeah. So Spidey grabs Ben Urich while all this is happening and swings them both away out the window as Morbius watches on. Then Spider-Man rushes Ben Urich to a hospital, and the doctors ask what's wrong, and Spider-Man says he was bit by a vampire, and the doctors are like, come on, man, that's that can't happen, and Spider-Man's like, I'm telling you it was a vampire, and they go back and forth on this a couple times before Spider-Man grabs the doctor and holds him up against the wall and says, you're talking to a guy with spider powers right now, I'm telling you, it was a vampire, and the police kind of see this happening from a distance and they run up to them. But Spider-Man 
you can tell he's just not in the mood. He just casually webs them up. He's like, I don't have time for this right now. And just like with a flip of his web, they're, they're all webbed up on the ground. And he tells the doctors again what happened. He says he tried to call the Fantastic Four, but I guess he couldn't get a hold of them. He can't think of anyone else to go to. And the doctors just ask him to leave because he's upsetting all of the sick people. And Spider-Man leaves, but not before saying, okay, just please help him. What do you think? You got any, any thoughts on this hospital scene here? It went about exactly as I thought it would. I mean, how do you bust into a hospital and say he's been bit by a vampire? It's interesting that he says he tried to call the Fantastic Four. That's a good idea. Yep. But where are they? Why didn't they answer? Why don't these people ever answer when they're needed? And then you would think he would call S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that would probably be the first number I was on surprised he didn't say that, yeah. Because we've seen him interact with S.H.I.E.L.D. way more than we've seen him interact with the Fantastic Four. Yeah. My only thought is he would probably expect S.H.I.E.L.D. to bungle it or, like, then use ben yarrick for their own needs they'd be like oh cool we have a we have a vampire we can keep prisoner now that's awesome so spider-man leaves ben yarrick is tied down in a dark hospital room with doctors watching him from a distance they say that they called shield but it wasn't taken seriously so we were right they did bungle it good job zach (laughs) and they uh and they don't know what to do and one of the doctors says that Spider... He's like, gosh, can you believe it? Spider-Man just drops this on us and runs away. And the other says, all those mutants. And the first one says, I hear you, as they walk away. And as the doctors leave, we see Morbius watching Ben from the window. And Ben is just repeating how hungry he is. And Morbius tells him, I know, it hurts a lot. It's almost over. And we see a panel of Morbius getting ready to bite Ben and presumably kill him. And just then, Spider-Man jumps out of the ceiling saying, And I was just starting to doubt my plan of hiding in the ceiling to keep an eye on my friend. And punches Morbius a couple of times. But once, you know, I, I, I kind of like this. Morbius is pretty formidable, you know. Once, once he... Once Spider-Man doesn't have the jump on him, he very easily catches a punch and just chucks him away, (laughs) which he's now done twice now. He just easily tosses Spider-Man away. And he says, boy, if you want to help your friend, stop interfering. Morbius tells Spider-Man that he's trying to help Ben and he explains that the way vampirism works is... If someone gets bitten three times, then they're a vampire. But I guess if they only get bitten one time, then they can still be saved. And Peter doesn't trust Morbius, saying he's a vampire, but Morbius bitterly responds not to lump him in with them. And Morbius says he refuses to give in to the curse. And it it does seem like we should get a good Blade Morbius team up. It would make sense because we just introduced Blade in the last episode. Probably if this was going to be a five-part run, we would get more Blade in this, I would assume in so. this story. 
Because yeah. now you have two people who were like vampires or pseudo vampires that take out other vampires. There's something yeah. to explore there if you get them in a room together. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would have been good. Because they both try and take each other out at first and then be like, oh, we're doing the same thing, actually. Yeah. So Morbius tells Spider-Man that he made a promise on his mother's grave that he will not let his father's curse hurt any more people. And when Spider-Man asks who his father is, he says Dracula, but he actually says Dracul. Um, which, you know, is kind of starting to annoy me that they won't just name characters what they're named. Like, we got Wadey Wilson in the last one. And I'm pretty sure there's been one more of those where it's like the name, but it's just not, you know. The uh, most egregious one in the Ultimate Universe you haven't even witnessed. It's Victor Von Doom. Doctor Doom in this universe is called Victor Van Dam. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. But we but they have, don't call we him Doctor Doom. We have met we have met Victor Von Doom, haven't we? Because he's we've we've met like the president of Lat Latvia or Latveria a couple times now, haven't? Or have they just mentioned him? That was like a like a diplomat from Latveria. Okay, okay. They didn't ever mention his name. I guess the, not. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll get him. Maybe. We'll, yeah. Okay, so uh yeah, there's there's a lot of lore to explore here with Morbius that they that they really should, you know, like this thing about promising on his mother's grave about his father, like I'm interested in this stuff and we don't get anything more about it. So Morbius it's, gets ready. Yeah. It's a lot like what we've said before about Black Cat and Shang-Chi and uh Iron Fist, like we get these little nuggets about characters where you can imagine if Bendis had another hundred issues, he maybe would have gotten into, he like clearly had a plan for them, but we just don't get to see all of it. Yeah. Um, so Morbius gets ready to save Ben in quotes and tells Peter that this looks worse than it is. And he's getting ready to bite Ben when Peter jumps on him and says no and jumps on him to stop him. And then Morbius, for the third time, very easily just chucks Peter through the wall of the hospital hallway and uh, or through the wall of the hospital into the hallway. And the police tell Peter to freeze, but then they see something behind him and run away scared. And we turned the page to see big ghostly vampire creatures appearing out of nowhere and they scrub spider-man and begin to bite him oh no zach are we gonna get vampire spider-man here that'd be sick that would be kind of cool but you didn't see that coming i didn't i was like oh my gosh they bit him and Morbius. the ultimate universe Help. would be the place to do it because like he's an alternate universe spider-man you could theoretically get away with more you know, you could really make a change and oh make my him gosh, a vampire he, here. And then he bites Kitty Pride. Maybe this is just where this storyline goes. This just becomes like the vampire universe. It's funny that you say that because right now, like present day, the next big event that Marvel is gearing up for in the comics is Blood Hunt, which is 
pretty much they're saying that's the whole deal is it's like all the heroes have to deal with vampires and some of them might become vampires and oh my gosh one of my favorite writers is writing it and one of my favorite artists is drawing it and who are um, they jed mckay and pepe laroth nice we know jed mckay from uh yeah yeah, we've heard his name spider punk story and then uh mary jane and black cat oh okay zach you're just an encyclopedia of knowledge (laughs) not really because marvel is uh promoting the hell out of this blood hunt story oh okay that's like where most of the comics advertising money is going to right now for like probably the first half of 2024 huh so when's that come out uh i think it's about to start coming out maybe like next month or something cool so peter just got bit uh by is this the same lady vampire is this Minnie slash jennifer (laughs) i couldn't tell it might be it's like a ghost it made me think that when morbius stabs these people and explodes them it must not kill them it must just like send them to hell for a little bit or something i don't know i don't think it's the same woman because her hair was shorter than this okay okay so we're gonna say it's not the same woman and that does kill them so this lady vampire is disgusted though she says this blood is tainted you are not human you are not pure and peter and the vampires begin to fight and morbius jumps in and the and the group fights for the next page or two, sometimes I'm really bad at descri- <laughs> describing these things. <laughs> I couldn't do much better. It's exactly that. It's just punching, stabbing scenes. Yeah, they're just kind of punching. You know, there, there's there's some good hospital fights. They're picking up trays. They're hitting each other with them. Um, you know, uh, there's there's tools flying across the room. So yeah, there's always like a loose gurney just sitting yeah. in every hospital hallway <laughs> in in movies and shows and stuff. Um, and then Peter webs them up a bit and Morbius stabs them through the heart, exploding the vampires. And Peter is like, these vampires killed me. They turned me into one of them. And Peter even takes, he's like freaking out. He takes off his mask and he shows Morbius. He's like, they, they got me. They got me. And Morbius tells him that his blood is tainted. So he'll be fine. And Morbius points Peter towards where Ben is lying in the hospital. And strangely, Ben Yurick looks completely fine. Morbius says that he healed him. And Peter asks what his name is. And Morbius says, Morbius. (laughs) And if we ever bump into each other again in the future, let's hope you've grown the f*** up. And Morbius vanishes. And Peter also runs off. And Ben Yurick wakes up confused, saying, uh, hello? And this is kind of more of this where, gosh, you know, I wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit more. I wouldn't have minded seeing how Morbius healed him. I mean, we just assume he, like, bites him and heals him. But, like, how does that process work? Why does that process work? Sucking the bad blood out or something? I don't know. So is that a Morbius power? Or is that a vampire power? Is that a, like, blade power, right? It would just be nice to have some of this explained to us. Give us 
give us a full issue. How many times do we do a run with someone where they're introduced at the end of the first issue? Then the second issue, we kind of get to see their storyline. Then the third issue, we're picking back up with them and doing like our, you know, team up or conclusion. You know, it would have been nice to get a little backstory on Morbus after he was introduced, which I know, Zach, is a crazy thing to think about Morbius. It would be nice to know more about him. But I I am having more fun with this Morbius than I know that I would with Jared Leto's Morbius. You know what I just realized? This is almost beat for beat. You just plug in different characters. The same conclusion we got for the Man-Thing Lizard team-up issue. Where the whole time we're following the Lizard and we're trying to figure out his deal. And then, poof, at the very end... Man thing shows up and just fucking heals him, and we're like, I didn't know we yeah. could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how'd that work? And then they all just walk away. Yeah, and I remember us saying that we could have like used an issue on that, like explaining Man Thing and uh, you know how how that works. So you know, it's it's not it's not the worst thing in the world to to leave us wanting more. That's better than giving us too much, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty funny, Morbius being like, "You've got to grow the f- up, man." <laughs> I I do love if, that everyone tells Peter this. <laughs> if Peter had a nickel for every good vampire that he's pissed off in the last two issues, he'd have two nickels, <laughs> which isn't a lot, but it's strange that it happened twice. Yeah, and they yeah, I'm glad that they both just treat him like a child that he does. I, I'm glad that everyone treats him like that. Yeah, these guys would get along so well with Daredevil. Exactly. Um, so back at school the next day, Peter and Mary Jane are lab partners in science, and they are about to dissect a frog. And Peter is kind of ignoring MJ. Like in the last issue, we know Peter was like, hey, MJ. And, and she doesn't answer. And he's like, I mean, hey, MJ, sir. You know, joking around. In this one, we kind of get something similar. MJ's like... Hey, Peter. And Peter ignores her. And she's like, uh, hello, Mary Jane Watson calling for Peter Parker. So, so, you know, she's kind of joking around with him again. And which, which is good, Zach, you know, that's the best way to make someone think you're over them. Just act like it. You know, there's a little lesson for all of our high school kids out there. Don't, don't be so clingy, (laughs) you know, what, Zach, you know, (laughs) Zach's like, I don't know about this. You are, I mean, you're pointing out to me that they have completely reversed roles. Last we saw, she walked away and she's like, you're not my best friend. I don't want to talk to you right now. And now she's the one making jokes. It's like, he is so selective of when he wants her time and attention. He wants her to be there and be ready for him. But then he doesn't reciprocate the same thing. Well, let's see. You know, At least he's not starting to. At the beginning of the scene, he's not like in that mode where he's ready yeah. to talk to mary jane well like, he he was he, acting like he was the other day he probably needs a therapist well um he's what clearly, else is new he is clearly still just thinking about what happened yesterday with all the vampires and somehow this frog dissection is even like uh what's the word like triggering him i would say he's like i don't i don't want to cut into this <laughs> which doesn't make sense it's not like he did anything with frogs or dissecting 
in this adventure. I think, but it kind of makes sense. I could see dissecting and like vampiring sort of going. I can see, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you're right. It doesn't really make sense, but it's like just enough to where if you're really, if you just had a traumatic incident with vampires biting into people and whatnot, I could see how cutting into something would be off putting. Then, I don't want to dissect frogs either. I've told the seventh and eighth graders multiple times when you guys do frog dissections, I'm not, I'm not being in here. I don't want to be it. And I will be, you know, of course I will be, but I hated doing that in school. Um, and you know, they have to like dissect cats in high school. And like, I would not be in there for that. Oh, that's up, dude. That's so messed up. I would not do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll grant you this. It's within seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Going okay. from from a a frog to a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> um, okay, so it it's clear he's still thinking about everything. He says he doesn't want to talk about what's wrong, but MJ kind of pushes the subject very similarly to how oh Peter did God. earlier. I'm sorry. Do you see in the background in one of these panels? And Kong is holding up his Kong. his uh, frog like he's trying to make it do like the yeah like tap the, dancing hello frog. my baby hello my darling <laughs> hello yeah Shia and I literally say that all the time that's how we like answer the phone with each other that's funny that's awesome <laughs> um, also Peter's wearing like a really goofy turtleneck because of the vampire bites um, so MJ pushes the pushes the subject she's like no what's wrong and he shows her his neck bite and mj looks terrified and peter tells her he's okay and she asks how he knows and peter sort of out of nowhere just like kind of like freaks out and you can tell he's like really like he's really like been traumatized by by what happened and he says listen to me it's happening again i'm seeing things i shouldn't see I'm too young to be doing and seeing these things. Daredevil warned me. They all warned me. And MJ puts her hand on his shoulder and says, how old do you think is old enough? And Peter stares down at the ground quietly. And MJ kind of moves closer, consoling him. And he leans towards her. And eventually he just falls completely into her arms, um, kind of being consoled by her. And it's, the art is drawn in a way that that blacks out the entire rest of the classroom. So MJ and Peter are the only ones who are like illuminated, you know, as if they are the only people in the room, which we've kind of seen them drawn in that way a couple times before when they are having like a, a really like intimate moment or or just like emotional moment. Yeah, it's really well drawn. But also I think it's funny because that's probably what every high school couple doing PDA thinks is like, oh, it's just yeah. us. The rest of the world. You know, just you know, just because we can't see all of the other people in the room doesn't mean that they can't all see <laughs> Peter and MJ. Yeah, meanwhile, everyone's looking at them like, this is pretty what weird. The, what the, what's going on with Peter? Why? I thought they broke up. <laughs> uh, dude, it's just a frog. Okay. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Yeah, Flash would have a field day about this, yeah, seeing Peter be. break down crying instead of dissecting a frog. He would. Um, did we get it? Did we think of a uh, a grading scale 
out of this i did so out of three bites to become a full vampire oh that's a good one that's a good one um boy that's really hard to do a fraction here because so get so going two out of three is 66 percent which is about a 6.5 going two and a half out of three would be the same as what five out of six so if you say so That'd be like an eighty-five percent. Um, okay, I think I'm willing to go two and a half out of three bites to being a full vampire. I enjoyed this little Morbius line or this little Morbius run, and perhaps it did have to do with my low expectations for it and how terrible the Deadpool <laughs> comics were last week, but. You know, there was there was just some, this was just some good stuff. I I thought both of these stories were good. You know, left me wanting a little bit more. And uh, it seems like we are moving back towards Peter and MJ getting together. Which after these couple issues, you know, I, I'm 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 feeling more prepared for that. <laughs> I think it's funny we're probably going through something similar that Peter's going through that we would also criticize him for where it's like, whichever girl we've seen most recently, we're like, Oh yeah, I like her. He should be with her. (laughs) That's why we need a clone Peter to date one of them. (laughs) Um, no, I, I do hope, I do hope that Kitty pride doesn't get her heart broken. I hope that, uh, you know, she like ditches him for Iceman or something. (laughs) Iceman's gay. Um, that's that's rude to say. You can't use gay as an insult anymore. No, he's that. like actually gay. <laughs> I know. I was just joking. Um, is he? Okay. Well, maybe Fireman or 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 whoever else. Is Human there. Torch. Colossus, right? Colossus Peter. is gay. Here in this universe. <laughs> so Iceman's gay in the main universe. Okay, Colossus you know is we, gay we, in the ultimate we universe. Get it. We get it. Writer of the X Men. Being a mutant is an allegory for being gay. You Dude, don't have to make it so heavy-handed for us. Yeah. The X-Men really, truly are the gayest superheroes. <laughs> um, well, I, I think she's going to get her heart broken because she asks all the time if he's going to break up with her. Um, and that's just going to make me sad. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to give you anything. Don't spoil it. <clears throat> okay. Well, what's your oh, rating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two out of three. Two out of just, three, which okay. is fine. Yeah. I like the ending scene more now that we've talked about it, and I looked at it for a second, and then seeing Kong in the back playing with his dead That's frog funny. was just such a surprise to me that that I liked that. I think this is such a. You know what I'm just having a realization of that Sony doesn't know how to make their movies, but we, you're we just kind of, now we kind of realizing already knew that. that. But but here's why specifically: there, this is a more interesting origin for Morbius, even not knowing any of this, not really knowing, but just getting bits and teases. Than Morbius was really sick, so he went to another country and explored bats. And got bat powers somehow. I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> and then this Madam Web movie just came out. And it's like, Madam Web is really sick. 
Madam Web's mom. So she goes to another country and explores spiders and gets spider powers. And is that like the most basic generic thing that they can possibly think of? I mean, I bet you that's probably what, what's going to happen with Craven too. We're going to be like, Craven really liked animals, so he went to another country, got bit by an animal, now he has animal powers. Or and, that and, bad bunny, like, Nacho Libre thing that they're doing. I didn't Did watch you hear it. about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's some Spider-Man villain that's appeared, like, three times in the comics who I have never heard of. And they're having Bad Bunny play him in his own movie. I'm just sure it's going to be just terrible. He's going to go to Mexico and... Someone's going to be sick and he's going to study the luchadors and get bit by a luchador. <laughs> They've got one plot that they are just that, honing until they make the perfect movie. Yeah, they're getting further away. <laughs> um, what they really need to do so boring. That's is, such a boring like origin. I thought you were going to say they need to make a standalone Kong film. Dude, they do. Just, see, uh, that, see, that could actually... Doing something like that, right? I mean, they could make a movie about anything, and if you do it right and you 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 make a good movie and you have good writers, it could be good. But it would be fun seeing Kong, like seeing all of these weird things happen from Kong's perspective, and he's like trying to piece together like who Spider Man is, but in like a goofy Kong way or something. I could just imagine him like like trying to do a math test and he's like looking up at the ceiling and you're hearing his internal monologue as he's thinking about everything other than math and he's just getting <laughs> distracted. And he looks out the window and there's like Spider-Man and Venom fighting on the football field. And he's like, is no one else seeing this? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do we have next? What's next? Yes. So next week, speaking of Kitty pride, we are in ultimate X-Men Issues 66 and 67. Peter jumps over to their title. Oh, so for... are we taking... Are we take? Is this where our Ultimate Spider-Man break is happening? This is... Yeah, this is the last thing we're going to read before we take our two-week break. But Wow, um, so we keep mentioning the Clone Saga, but we won't actually get into that for like three weeks. Right, that's the next issue if we were to continue Ultimate Spider-Man. But chronologically peter's story does jump to ultimate x-men 66 and 67 next so that's where we're gonna go oh these are gonna be our last issues with kitty now we're gonna get some biggish x-men issues here i've never read these ones i'm excited you've never read them nope interesting Okay, well, we'll both be on the same page. This will be a first read podcast. It will. The Reading Guide Online said these are the next issues that happens to Peter, and him and Kitty get sucked into some adventure. Okay, so what are they, Ultimate X-Men? 66 and 67. Okay, that sounds awesome. Yep, I'm pumped. Yep. Okay, anything else on these issues, or Morbius in general? Oh man, I have so much to say about Morbius. It would be its own would. Yeah. own episode alone. Yeah. First yeah. of all, I don't want to open that can of worms. All love to Jared Leto. He's the goat. Yep. Yeah, I think we talked about him enough on the last week's pod. We did more than I expected us to. <laughs> which is funny because now some love in this week's pod, which is really funny because now, what if a Jared Leto fan finds us because this is the Morbius episode? 
And they're what, like, what, what, what we got to hear. <laughs> we got to hear what they said about our King Jared Leto in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. What if a Morbius fan? <laughs> That's like, yeah. What if pigs fly, Zach? I don't know what will happen. You know, <laughs> dude, some Sony director thinks Morbius. Or is wait, like... You didn't even say a Morbius fan. Did you say what if a Jared Leto fan finds us? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll worry about that, you know, when it happens. It is truly impressive to have starred in the worst Marvel movie and the worst DC movie. And Jared Leto will never have that crown taken from him. Because unless the Rock and, and he was the Joker. Yeah, unless The yeah. Rock does something for Marvel. Oh my gosh. I've uh, never been impressed with a Rock movie. Whenever he's in something, I just know it's going to be ass. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> the takes are flying. No, I uh, I actually agree with you, but I know The Rock is more popular with people than Jared Leto is. Yeah. But, but you know, I don't watch any of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, they got pretty I like silly. him in Moana. He's real yeah, good. if that counts. I mean, that's not him yeah. acting. That's voice acting is a different He sings different a fun talent. song. He does. Do you know what and, the best um, song? And I feel like, and I feel like he's he had. Didn't he do like a movie where he's like a big babysitter or something? And uh, oh wait, you're I'm thinking, thinking of Vin of, Diesel, and I'm thinking of of Batista, Dave Batista, who was just in the uh, a movie where he's like a a spy and takes care of a little kid. And but yeah. before that, it was the pacifier. Then it was Vin the pacifier Diesel. Was Vin yeah, Diesel. good movie. See, Vin Diesel movies Fun could be movie. good. Yeah. yeah. It's just The Rock isn't good. Yeah. No, he's not. All right. Dude, you know what song in Moana doesn't, we got get, doesn't get its laurels? They're all great. I'm going to say shiny. Shiny. Thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. Stands out so good. And that yep. should have been the That's how the guy from Flight of the Concords. Is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, when I saw that in theaters, I was like, "Man, Disney does not make songs like this for anything." This is this is awesome. Yeah, that whole soundtrack is a jam. It is, dude. Speaking of jam, I've oh got my a, gosh, did you? I've listen got to a the jam, jam of the, the week? week next week. Last I, week, I listened to yours. Do you ever listen to mine? Well, you've only given me one from two weeks ago, and no, I didn't. Well, I also before that I gave you uh, what was it the I can't remember their name. I gave you a song. No, I didn't uh, listen to it. <laughs> anyways, I've got one for this week. Okay. I, I figured we'll just start doing this from now on. Yep. So, Soul Meets Body by Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, I know that one. It's a great one. I've been getting into Death Cab so much this year. Yep. And that I, it's one of the big hits, but I think it's probably my favorite one of theirs. Yep, that's a good one. Um... Yeah, yeah. Another good one is uh, "Death Cab for Cutie," the one where that makes me cry about dying. Oh, uh, I'll follow you into the. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That is. Boy, also that's a good got one. Scrubs. Scrubs has a scene um, where a guy is passing away, and and that song is a and man. Scrubs just always knows how to do it. You don't watch Scrubs, Zach. That's really disappointing every time I think about it. You, you've got to get into it. It's so good. You and, watch. And, and they're, they're, it's so funny. And Scrubs is also like, man, when they have an emotional episode, they just like, they rip your heart out. It's like sad. You watch more TV than I do. 
And I'm actually trying to get away from watching TV because I feel like, you know, it's it. I binge shows and then I'm like, wait, I could have been doing something else. When yeah, I finished you could have been Buffy, scrolling on Twitter. That's true. I did delete my Twitter app, but I do spend too much time scrolling. I just want to get rid of stuff like that, man. Uh, well, after I, I finish Buffy, my yeah. next show is going to be Righteous Gems. Oh, that's funny. Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, that's a really good Gemstones. Because you've, uh, you've said good things about that, and I've heard other people say it's good. That is, so. that is really good. It's also only three seasons, and there's only like eight or ten episodes a season. Um, so you could you could easily like fly through that more quickly than you could fly through Scrubs. Um, but yeah, Scrubs the, is worth watching. The really long running shows are intimidating to start. Yeah, I like people that. talk about how good Dexter is or The Sopranos or anything like that. And yeah. I'm like, who's got the time? Dexter, I think I mentioned I did like a Paramount Plus one week free like subscription or a showtime one one week free subscription so i like burned through the first four seasons of that because those first four seasons of dexter are really good up until like the last 10 minutes of season four i just hate so much i didn't even watch it this time i stopped watching i was like i don't i don't need to see this again this is where i like decided i don't like the show anymore his 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 wife and his wife dies it's really sad doesn't need to happen I saw the first season of Dexter and it was good, but I just, I don't know why I stopped watching. I just stopped watching. That was probably 10 years ago. I couldn't go back. Yeah. 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 Well, gosh, we kind of got into, uh, got into some other stuff right there. Didn't we? Yeah. It happened organically. Do you have anything that you, uh, you were planning on, on talking about? Okay. Let's see. I complained about the all-star game, um, (laughs) which we probably cut. Which we probably cut good. Doesn't need to be said. You told well, me to cut it. You you gave me permission. Yep. Let's see. I don't know. I don't think I have anything else, Zach. I think that we've talked about all of it. Dude, I am excited for Comic-Con. I want to thank so Better Business Hero again. I'm excited to see your Linguini. I'm going to have to go to like... I'm probably going to go to uh, Goodwill and see if I can piece together, like, the base blue jumpsuit for my hot rod. And then just, yeah. like... Did you even say that that's what you're going to go as? Hot rod? Yeah. going to go as hot rod. So, hot rod and linguini. It's going to be a good good pair. Couple Neither of... of which are comic book characters. I know. <laughs> I think that's that's why I wanted to do it, is, like, you know you'll be the only one. Yes, I will be the only one in a Ratatouille costume, I'm and, sure. And I'll be the only one in a Hot Rod costume. Yep. And I have a Spider-Punk suit. I could have gone as a superhero, but I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Okay, so, should I send this out? I think you should. Well, thank you so much to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And thank you all for your listening and leaving us a review or a comment. You can find us the first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple music or anywhere else that you find and download podcasts. And you can come and chat with us and leave us a comment on Instagram at first read podcast. Send us an email at first read Spidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week. See ya.